Hello everyone and welcome to Drew Woman's uh, expert interviews at the um, Academy and this month's theme is positive habits and how do we create them and I'm super excited to have a life coach and product designer turned life coach actually uh, Chess Radcliffe with me and she's um, she's the creator of Unlash Your Extraordinary and um, we're going to talk all things positive habits. Welcome Jess. Thank you, thanks for having me. So, um, I know from my own journey that um, unless I created a really solid foundation, which is of course how I function in my body, in my mind, in my soul on a daily basis, mm. it would be super hard, massively hard to go after my dreams and my goals and live a bigger life as we, as we say at Dream of Woman. So um, what's your own personal experience first? Yeah, and I think even actually what comes to mind there is a bit of a, a visual, you know, it's like when you are building a house or building anything, it's getting that foundation solid. And so exactly what you said there of how we treat ourselves on a day-to-day, -day, sorry, that's my dogs in the background and kissing it in, how we treat ourselves on the day-to-day -day is, you know, almost that capsule version of how we show up in life, I guess. And for me, it's very much trying as much as possible to get some fitness in, moving my body, doing something that maybe stretches me in a way that then I feel set up for the day to then stretch myself in other areas. So this is a bit of a crazy example, but I've recently dabbled with cold showers again, which I know is crazy, right? As in like, why would you have a cold shower when you can have a warm shower? But for me, I used to do that a while ago when I was living in San Francisco because I really was just playing around, right? And that's where sort of my framework has come from in terms of this iterative approach and product mindset was what could I do on a daily basis to feel like I'm stretching myself or like doing something I actually maybe wouldn't want to do, but that is known to have benefits. And for me, standing in front of that cold water and thinking, okay, here we go. If I've done that, it just builds such a good foundation for the rest of the day to almost close the gap between having the thought of something you want to do. Maybe it's emailing someone, maybe it's putting your hand up in a meeting and doing it because if you've already done something that morning or that day that has stretched you and taken you outside of a comfort zone of a warm shower it you already feel set up you've already done something so it's more that kickoff of momentum so I completely agree and then I don't I feel like cold showers is a is a funny one but for me that also then is like the food I put into my body and visualization or meditation in the morning and really sort of setting myself up for the day ahead so yeah, that's yeah, that's my experience anyway. So it's really it's quite interesting because you're translating a physical experience into a mindset. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And it's all it's very often our mindset that really lets us down when we try to create these positive habits, and we know we should be eating healthier, and we know we should be going for a run, and we know there's lots of these should should shoulds, but it's the mindset that that kind of fails us. Yeah. So what is it? You are an expert of, you know, really bringing out your brilliance. Mm -hmm. So what is it inside of us humans that kind of 
comes on our own way. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that that piece? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I'd almost break mindset down into if we think about it right, it's literally the thoughts we have in our mind, right? So like because we decide, hey, I'm not going to do it today or tomorrow, it's almost mindset sort of captures that. It's the umbrella term for that. But for me, it's it's the narratives. You know, it's stepping into those doubts that are known and that fear. And it's almost, you know, we can think to ourselves like, why would I do this? Or I'll do this tomorrow and it won't have that much of an impact. I'll put it off. I'll procrastinate. And, and yet that accumulates in the same way that we know when we do good stuff, that builds up and we get, you know, the compound interest of doing good stuff every day. It's exactly the same for that choice of listening to the fears, the doubts and the narratives that have us sort of hold back and play small versus thinking, hang on, no, like they're, they're not me. I can catch them and do what I want to do anyway and, and stretch myself. And I think the more that we can actually play with that. So the more that they actually show up and we can then grab hold of them and do what we actually want to do or do the opposite, the more we build that muscle that they maybe then start to be a little bit weaker when they show up and we can just continue doing what we want to do anyway. So, you know, even down to, again, silly example of the cold shower, but of course you stand there for a second and it's like, why would I do this? I'll just do it tomorrow if I really want to get into this ritual or you know, I'll do something else later. But it's in that moment, literally sort of the metaphor then being just step in, just do it, you know, and you then literally physically react to it because it is freezing cold. But it's that step. So it's even though those thoughts might be kicking off, it's stepping quicker than maybe we do to give like to not give them enough space to sort of come alive, and then really take over, right. And we then start to believe them because it's safe, it's safer to believe them. And it's nicer to not step into the cold shower, even if what we actually want is the change and the longer term change. In that moment, you know, it's this real balance between long term results and sort of immediate comfort, I think is the key. And it's trying as much as possible to catch what might keep us in the immediate safe space versus actually is that where I want to stay or do I want to build towards that longer term vision and change? So I feel like it's that balance, right? It's that, you know, do I have this thing that I want to eat now, which might not be that good for me? Or do I say no for the longer term feel good effect? And it's really that immediate gratification versus long term investment and impact and change. And well, I guess I I haven't done the gold shower thing, but I I, I don't know if I'll try that. I think I'm pretty good at stepping outside my yeah. comfort zone, going into things by now. But it's because I practiced it in other ways. And every um, my example comes from uh, creating a, a vision board. I think most people in this community, and we always do it as an exercise in January. So most people have a vision board. And uh, but I remember having this kind of mental conversation with myself always after creating the vision board and what I have put in it, because very often there was things like, you know, you know yoga poses and green juices, you know, what have you. And then thinking, oh, I don't want to go for a run or I, uh, I don't want to do that yoga now. Uh, why don't I just sleep half an hour later? But then I would have that conversation like, so were you lying to me? Why, why did you put that picture on that, on that vision board? What was that all about? So there would be this conversation that 
you know, why did you put it on? Why did you put it up there? And I would go and have a look at it, just stare at it and remind myself, okay, this is the long-term thing. Take the pain. And it's not painful anyway. Yeah. It feels good when you exactly doing things. But really, it's, it's really interesting because the, the chains really happens within, like, it's, it's that last 2%. It's that last 5%. And of course, it happens within seconds. I love uh, Mel Robbins' five-second rule. Yeah. Five seconds to step into the cold shower, get out of bed, or you know, to act on that impulse. Mm. Otherwise, then you know, your monkey brain just comes in and says, "Oh, it's nice and cozy." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then again, it's that immediate, yeah, like that comfort. And I think it's funny because even just change across the board. I think because it is unknown right hence why it's change and we naturally as humans dislike change even if sometimes it's better for us you know there's that moment of well I know this space I'm familiar here in whatever that here is I don't know what's on the other side of that and although it's what I might want there's so many unknowns that it becomes a bit overwhelming and scary and so I think it's so often trying as you say to think of that longer term vision and the vision board elements as like the pull you know to be so desirable that of course I would do the equivalent of stepping into a cold shower using that metaphor for sending emails or speaking at a conference or whatever it might be because I'm so pulled towards that vision of myself and the vision of the life I want that I yeah it's like I don't even have to fight it you know whereas I think so often our as you say our monkey brains are scared of change so they fight so much that it makes us question do I want that then like if I'm thinking to myself I oh, know I won't do that I'll wait or I'll procrastinate you know I think we can then so easily spin up in that gap between thinking of the thing and doing something when those fears kick in I feel like sometimes the fact that we have those at all makes us doubt ourselves and whether we actually want the thing that we're building towards, which is all just this really clever and annoying monkey brain being like, just stay where you are, stay safe for whatever reason, even if where we are and where we're safe is where we're actually really unhappy and not fulfilled and feel stuck. But yet we know that space, right? So it's familiar versus the unfamiliar and stepping into that. And I think it's lady Marissa Peer, I think is the speaker who's got this really great talk about familiar and unfamiliar and again how you know we'll we'll stay in bad habits to sort of bring us to the opposite I guess of positive habits we stay in the bad ones because it is familiar and it's comfortable right even if we don't want it like choosing again a silly analogy but quite a common one I guess is choosing the junk food versus going for a run it's like we don't know how far we'll get on that run. Will we fail at running if we don't get that far? Will it be painful? Versus we know what it's like to sort of sit and enjoy the junk food, I guess. So it's this real balance, isn't it, between in-the-moment action and almost knowing that when we hear the narratives that try and hold us back, they're typically showing up when we are about to make a positive change because they're trying so hard to keep us where we are and keep us in the familiar versus let us sort of embark into the unknown just simply I guess because of historical risk and you know going out into like the wilderness or whatever it is that we still carry with us those narratives are still doing their absolute best to have us stay where we are and not make 
not sort of rock the boat, you know, all of those phrases about not wanting to take risks or, yeah, enter into a world in which we could fail at something or be rejected at something or discover we're not good enough versus actually I'll just stay sort of on this line as to where I am because I know it and I know what it feels like. So I think it's, yeah, this real balance. And um, I'd like to talk about the time frame because Mm -hmm. I can often see that it's almost like if I would promise you that if you, you know, make that green juice and go for a run and read that mindset book and, you know, start meditating, you just kind of put all of those foundation pieces in place. Yes, you will earn a million dollars in seven years or whatever it is, you know, that there is that price, but it's in seven years. Yeah. Or it's in five years or three years or 15 years. It's somewhere out there. Mm. And it's that unguaranteed success and the length of time that then gives so much space for procrastination and not putting these little bricks in place. It's almost like every day you put this like tiny little piece and another piece and another piece and another piece. But then all of a sudden, 10 years is gone. And if you didn't put those, lay those bricks, you have no foundation. So you can't go and grab those drinks. So talk about the time aspect a little bit. Yeah, and I think it's almost like two things came to mind there of both. One thing I always talk about in the workshops that I do is action versus outcome and making sure that we reward the action versus the outcome. And I think so often, right, we delay that gratification because we send an email and we only celebrate if that person gets back to us and says yes, or we only celebrate if we get the outcome we want versus actually rewarding ourselves for showing up in the first place. And so in that scenario, I would say to anyone that's sort of embarking on new changes or taking actions towards this bigger vision, reward the sending of the email, reward the showing up, right? And it's almost, again, it brings us into like the spiritual side of detaching from the outcome as much as possible, which is so difficult, right? And it's so painful. And I feel like it's so easy to sort of cast an eye roll at that because it's like, well, yeah, you know, that makes it really hard if I like detach myself from the outcome because I want this thing. But it's almost the showing up anyway, right? And keeping going anyway. And knowing that if you reward yourself for doing the thing, it doesn't become that waiting game of the seven years, the 10 years or however long. It becomes, I'm rewarding myself right now, today, for doing the good stuff. And so, again, to bring us back to that silly example of stepping into a cold shower, because I then, you know, do it or did it, it almost weirdly is that accomplishment, right? And I sort of really try and soak in that feeling of, literally soak in that feeling of like, I've done it. Yeah, I stepped into it. You know, I may may have hesitated for a minute, but I did the thing. I showed up. And obviously, that's such a silly metaphor for whatever someone's equivalent of a cold shower is. But it's rewarding the doing because then we can do that right away. And it's also the second thing that came to mind is by rewarding the action. That's the thing that's in our control. You know, so often I think we wait until have we got the outcome we wanted or did we get the project we wanted or did we get the data we wanted, whatever it might be, you know, or do we set this sort of set the goal and then using your example of making the million, maybe it's that you make 900,000. Like, does somebody not celebrate? It's like, you know, if we actually reward the daily showing up and doing it, 
it suddenly doesn't become that waiting game anymore of waiting to celebrate or feel successful until fill in the blank has happened or I'll wait to do this until then. It's doing it now because I just feel like with that stuff, life is too short not to and why not celebrate ourselves for showing up and making that change? You know, if it's going on that run and someone wants to run 5K but they run 1K, celebrate that because celebrate the fact you even left your front door. You know, it's that sort of stuff that the micro actions and rewarding that just make it the next time and the next time so much easier to do because you can already celebrate in the feeling that you've done the action and you're showing up for for you and the change that you want to make. So that's sort of how I try and play with it a little bit because I think, again, from my sort of background, which we can obviously get more into it um, at the festival more than now, but, well, we can now, but with that wake-up call that I had where life suddenly became very unpredictable and it taught me how short it is. Like you just can't bank on that 10 years, seven years, six months, whatever it is being there. So why hold off on the celebration and the reward when actually we're well within our right if we're showing up and doing something different to celebrate ourselves for choosing the healthy option versus the junk food or the cold shower versus the whatever else or sending that email and doing that talk, whatever it might be, celebrating the micro, which will make getting to the macro so much more fun and enjoyable. So do you have a, because rituals really help. So your ritual in the morning, stepping into the cold shower, I think it's brilliant. And it is not a nonsense. (laughs) I hope people actually adopt it because it changes your mindset already in the morning. I can do this. So do you have a ritual for micro celebrations? Because Ooh, yeah. that would be another another thing sort of capturing at the end of the day or on a Friday. I guess my micro celebration on Friday is that I love just putting the incense on. So mm. in the kitchen, I put a little bit of smell, uh, I'll open a bottle of red wine and I make pizza, you know, from the scratch with the best ever ingredients. Like every Friday I do this Amazing. if I'm at home for the family, for the friends, whoever is around, it's always the same. I like, okay, I showed up this week. I, you know, it it was brilliant week in whichever way, or if it was a terrible week, then I just acknowledge that, you know, whatever it is, is, and it's, it's not a competition. It's not a competition of the best weeks ever. It's uh, just acknowledging life and kind of capturing it at that moment. So that's my little celebration ritual that I do on Fridays. How about you? Do you have a little ritual to Yeah, celebrate? I do. So I sort of, again, like two things come to mind that I do really. So either what I typically do, and it's very much focused around music or coffee. So if I, for example, send an email that has some energy around it in terms of like, oh, I'm a bit nervous or you know, it's putting yourself out there, you might get the no or whatever it might be, whether it's making proposals through to like asking for help or whatever it is. When I send that email, I'll either, based on where I am or what I'm doing, just like play a song that gets me pumped up, right? Like really enjoy or sometimes listen to that song while writing the email so that it feels good and it's an enjoyable experience versus a sort of edgy, nerve-wracking experience. The other thing I'll do is I typically work or try sort of dabbling in the productivity of the Pomodoro technique, you know, where you do 25 minutes uninterrupted work and then a five minute break. And so in that five minute break, I'll go and enjoy, and I try not to do this every 25 minutes, although I do drink a lot of caffeine, you know, 
to make a lovely cup of coffee or like go replenish if I'm in a coffee shop and almost just soak it in, like soak in what I've just done in that 25 minutes. And even by having the timer going and it being uninterrupted, I find that I get so much more done than being able to start an email and then just saying, oh, I'll just check Instagram or I'll like numb myself from actually doing this task. So those are my things. Playing my favorite songs are like my pump up playlist after doing something or while writing an email or doing the activity. And then typically coffee. So I very much try to do it, which I guess is sort of the behavior change thing is in, in that moment, like as soon after doing the action, as quickly as possible, relate the reward to that. Um, and then sometimes based on, again, what I'm up to on, actually, I need to probably incorporate more of your Friday vibes because I feel like I'll get to the end of the week and I don't really reflect back. Whereas even like now I'm thinking last week, yeah, I did a workshop that went really well and it was, it was awesome. And that was on a Thursday evening. And yeah, I'll sort of just crack on with work on a Friday rather than celebrating in some way each activity so maybe I need to get myself some red wine and pizza ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me, definitely. Yeah, amazing. So let's talk a little bit about these different um, aspects of the foundation. So we're building this foundation of positive habits because we need to stand strong in our own lives and in our own souls so that we can then, so that we are unaffected by other people's, mm -hmm. you know, demands and, and opinions and we're not pushed around by, by other people's lives and life circumstances, right? Because it's that, that is one of the biggest things and of course, especially in women's lives because, you know, we have kids and we have dogs and we have careers and we have husbands and boyfriends and partners and we have... Uh, we are on PTAs and we make cupcakes and, you know, it's just like an endless, we're like, everybody else sucks the life out of us. So unless we build that foundation, brick by brick, we'll be pushed around. There's just not two ways about it. Yeah. There's no way we will ever get to our goals and dreams if, unless we are solid in ourselves. And to keep things simple, um, I've identified uh, three key areas, at, at least that works for me. So body, uh, mindset, and soul. And yeah, maybe sometimes it's, it's difficult to, you know, like you want to publish a novel, so why do I need to make a green juice? It's like, what does it have to do with that? Or, you know, why do I have to think about my mindset if I want to, you know, start a business? Or, you know, it, it might be difficult to put those things things together but is there anything and if we take body first mm -hmm. um anything that comes to mind why it's important to be strong clean and clear in your body in order to fulfill your dreams yeah i think the first thing is energy you know in terms of like literally the ups and downs and sort of fills and drains of what gives us energy and being able to again this is such a silly example but taking the, the workshop that I did last week, it was an evening workshop. I'd started the day, you know, at like 8am at this sort of meetup thing. So it was already a lot of stuff that being more of an introvert had drained me of energy. And then it gets to the end of the day and I like go off to do a workshop where I'm the speaker, right? The coach in front of this group of probably, I'd guess like maybe 12 people. And I've really been playing around with like this fills and drains. And so I think the body element 
there's obviously sort of the health and fitness in terms of working out and the fact that that makes us feel good and you know releases all of the the positive endorphins and such to give us that energy and good vibe but also for me it's how much caffeine I'm drinking because I'm a culprit for it and so if I drink lots in the morning which I actually did that day I will then dip in energy in the afternoon and I can really sometimes feel like I'm having to then like pull it back up right to then go in and run this workshop and so for me actually rather than my typical ritual of having a coffee before the workshop and just thinking I'll just have more coffee and keep going I actually went for a ginger shot like I thought I'd go for something a bit healthier and it's for me it's it's really choosing like what would what's going to best fuel me and get me to where I want to go right because I think it's so easy to think of our business or our ambitions or personal goals or habits as something that in a weird way is separate from us but we're this holistic being that if one thing is suffering that others will too and so if even if having a healthy lifestyle or like fueling our minds and bodies in the right way feels very detached from just being really productive and like getting loads done and building a business and you know hustle 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 it's like without having the energy in the first place or the clear mind you're not going to show up fully or in your best sort of state to actually create the outcomes that you do want or take the actions that you want to take and you know it's like we all know that one where we're slightly a bit more tired and so do we reach for something less healthy or something healthy and you know that's a tiny example that fuels the decisions we have to make ongoing in terms of who we want to be and the businesses we want to create so I feel like that for me has really been the big key is thinking of my body is almost the vehicle of energy you know it's it's trying to think of a, a best way to describe it really but it's that what what makes me feel my best so that I can do my best and it actually reminds me when you were describing it at the beginning of the quote I think it's how we do anything is how we do everything and so again thinking of how do we want to be in our business and towards our goals and with our visions if that's super crystal clear and like high energy and good to go, you know, it only makes sense that we then have to think about how we're going to get there, you know, like the vehicle through which we're going to get to where we want to get to, if that makes sense. Almost like the car on the journey. You don't want to be in a shitty car going on a long journey. It's got to be, you know, petrol tank full, feeling nice and clean on the inside and yeah, everything good to go. Exactly. And I, I remember, this is now years ago, maybe sometime when I was starting Driven Woman, and um, there's this guy who's, who's uh, he's a friend, and he's inspired me also quite a bit on what he's created, um, this sort of digital um, evangelist, you know. And I was always amazed. He was just producing Facebook videos, and like videos, like clearly like without any planning or any huge, just in a good energy. I was thinking, how could he do that? Like, it was so productive. But that was because he had cleared everything. Mm. He had cleared everything on his path. And now, of course, now I can do the same because I've been building the foundation. And now it's, I mean, my today's video schedule is stupid. <laughs> but it, it feels fine because there's no blockages. Yeah. But it is a year's work of, of body work and yeah. of, mindset work and of soul work so let's talk about mindset so what is the what is your say top three things for really clearing the mindset building that foundation on a mindset level 
Yeah. Oh, good question. Um, top three things. Okay, so immediately two things are coming to mind and I'm sure the third will arrive. The first is something that I found really helpful actually is an equivalent of morning pages. So like a free form journaling, because again, almost bringing us back to the monkey brain, we can have so much internal chatter going on that if that's in there as well and we've not cleared it out and we've not sort of put it somewhere, it just stays there. Do you know what I mean? It just sort of marinates there and then we add more to it in terms of what we're trying to think about and how we want to be at work or in our careers and what we want to do on a day-to-day. So morning pages is very much, or my version of it anyway, is I sort of just grab a journal, a notebook and just free write for as many pages as I want to fill. I think the official morning pages, which is a tool from the artist way, is three pages and it's meant to just be unconscious thinking. And so if you run out of things to write before the three pages, the art, um, the author of the book recommends just writing like, I don't know what to write anymore and really just getting into this practice of filling the page. But I typically just write whatever comes to mind. The second, so that sort of is like the clearing, right? The like decompression from anything the night before or dreams or anything like that. And then the second, which I've actually recently started doing is an element, I think it's more visualization than meditation. But what I'll do in the morning is I'll take five to 10 minutes to do this sort of ritual for myself, which is thinking backwards. So I will sit there with my eyes closed and I will think back to moments I'm proud of or that I'm grateful for to really soak in that good feeling and that sort of sense of achievement. Then I'll bring it to the present for how I want to feel sort of taking that gratitude to the present moment, how I want to feel and show up today what I want to achieve today, what I visualize the day being, and then sort of go to the third step, which is the future. So really visualizing with no real set time frame, but just elements that I want to one day achieve. So probably like the vision board, this is sort of my mental version where, you know, it's just seeing these little snippets of mind movies of stuff that I want to achieve or that I want to go well. And I just find that A, that gets me in like a really good mood, right? Because you're starting the day on gratitude. You're also setting intentions for the day, but also focusing towards almost again, to bring us back to the the car journey analogy, it's almost putting a pinpoint in the future, you know, being like, that's where I want to get to, even though I don't know the how, and there's no clear correlation necessarily between today and that vision. It just feels exciting. And it feels like there's clarity there. Um, And then let me think mindset as well. What else would I do? So let me let me do a little story story mm. here, and we don't have to do three. We can do two or four or whatever the numbers. So what I see very often with women, and of course, you know, like you, you, you know, I meet thousands of women, and I've heard the stories, like, and they're all whether they are in Hong Kong or in London or in Helsinki, they're very similar. And there's this one thing that comes through very often, which is, so you have an idea. Let's, let's say you, uh, this person wants to start a business, or they've already started a business. There, there is this mindset block that makes things very difficult. So it's almost like the self-procrastinator that gets activated. Mm-hmm. So if I want to start this business, I must put my own personal finances at risk. For instance, I have to take this huge loan. So then the person is thinking, okay, how do I get comfortable with this risk? 
they think that they have to do it a certain way. Or I'm already running this business. So now I'm, let's say, running out of cash. I need to take this loan. I need to do a personal guarantee. So almost like putting yourself in the, your worst possible place and accepting it before anything has happened. That mindset is just incredible. And we women do it all the time. Do you have any insight on, you know, how to recognize that you are doing it to yourself and how to get out of it? Yeah, yeah, that's such a good one. And actually, again, weird, I keep thinking in two today, but two things come to mind. One, um, I think Brene Brown calls it joy foreboding. You know, we're like always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think the more we can notice when that's coming up, and you're right, like one of the hardest things is noticing that we're thinking that, right? And again, in, in the work that I do, I work a lot with people's blockers. And so a big piece there is this catastrophizing. You know, it becomes this binary like success or failure or what if I never do this or what if this happens? As you say, putting ourselves in the worst possible scenario even though, you know, there's so many steps to take that example between like getting a, a personal loan, right? There's so many steps to validate. Do I feel comfortable and confident doing that because I've validated the product I want to build or the surf- service I want to create? I've got a demand. I've already, maybe I've crowdfunded something. You know, there's steps between where we are and that level. And so for me, then the second thing that comes to mind is is really this product mindset, right? And the Unleash Your Extraordinary Framework, which obviously will go into more at Festival of Doers, but it's this experimentation. It's this, how do I test this? So to very quickly run through, but I'll just say the titles of it and then focus on what we're tackling. Unleash is three steps and it's dream, deconstruct, and then experiment. So dream is what's the change I want to make or what do I want, right? So in that element, it's I want to start a business. Then it's deconstruct. What could block me from making this happen? And actually sitting and thinking through these narratives that appear. So maybe it's elements like I don't currently have the finances or um, I've got an idea, but I've not tested it with the market. I don't know if this would actually work or who am I to do this, which is a big, big one of my own. You know that who am I to do fill in the blank or what if it doesn't work or, you know, what if it what if I never get any customers listing it all out, getting it all on paper and then with each one just thinking, right if that's an assumption I'm making versus a belief that's true, how do I test it? So how, what hypothesis am I testing here? What experiment can I run to take a step, a baby step to start poking at this thing rather than just believing it to be true? So maybe it's with the finances example to sort of build on the one that you mentioned versus jumping to, oh my God, I have to get a personal loan. It's looking at right, well, hang on a minute, if I do need finances, which is an assumption, first of all, do I actually, you know, can I do stuff scrappily for free here? Could I actually build a prototype version and then either raise like a tiny bit of funding or realize that I don't need anywhere near as much as I thought? Could it be that I take as many steps as possible before needing to put so much money into it that I'd have to take a loan and actually validate it to the point where I then feel confident putting money in or confident doing this because I've tested it I know when I go to a room full of 10 people nine of them love the product and have already given me their you know put their money where their mouth is to actually buy the service or invest in it whatever it might be again we can sort of spin up many examples but it's that step of I think the key with mindset to bring us back to that is it's realizing all of the thoughts that we're having 
are simply assumptions, right? They're untested assumptions. And the more that we can extract out, oh, hang on, how can I test that, right? So whether it's, oh God, what if I never fill in the blank? Okay, well, how can I test that? How can I validate fill in the blank? So maybe it's, I don't know, again, in the past, I'm trying to think of examples of my own. Um, Yeah, like creating Unleash is a prime one, right? I genuinely thought to myself, who am I to do this? Before starting any of it, it was, well, who am I to create a framework and create a workshop and coach people? And then it's like, okay, well, a first test is, could I actually create a workshop? Just me and a Google Doc, do I have the content in my head to actually deliver a workshop? And that was a tiny test that if it hadn't have worked, nobody would have known. It was me and my laptop, but it allowed me to actually test hang on, yeah, I do have ideas for this. And I do want to then take it to that next step, like step and next experiment. And I think that's, that's really the key with the mindset is sort of to summarize before I get too excited and keep rambling on at you. But, you know, it's what assumptions are you making that rather than believing them to be true, you can actually test them. You know, what if all this time, the assumptions we've made about ourselves and just by default believed to be true, have been keeping us small for no reason, right? For like, because they don't exist. And yet because we hear them and they feel so scary because they come with words like failure or never, or, you know, taking personal loans and putting ourselves on the line, we fear it won't work. But yet there's so much we can do to test that and iterate on our ideas and our products and ourselves before getting to that catastrophic state that we so typically start with. And so that I think is what I'd leave people with is what are the assumptions you're currently making about yourself and your potential that you could extract out as experiments to, to run and have fun with and just see how it goes versus just leave them as these thoughts to be believed because we think the fact that we've had them means that they're true when actually it's simply our monkey brain and our self-saboteur and our inner critic trying to keep us safe and keep us small. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Some uh, somebody said that don't believe everything you think. Yeah, that's exactly that. I love it. So experiment. That yeah. is a great mindset habit to adopt. And maybe it is again. I love rituals. I love things that happen regularly. Um, so maybe that's something that on Friday you look back and you go, "Did I experiment this way?" And if not, how am I going to experiment next week? So Mondays. What's going to be my this week's experiment? So setting one experiment per week. Just imagine 52 experiments a year. How far we would be. That's great, great positive habit. Ladies, let's experiment. Before we finish, I want to briefly touch on soul, which is the third sort of pillar of the foundation, which you also, also need to find and create some positive positive habits for if you want a really solid foundation and of course soul is difficult because it's unconscious mm. and the mindset is already difficult enough uh, but this is this goes one level deeper uh, but now that i've been doing this work for so many years i know that really to get to a really really strong place where you can then move fast and slow as things require, is you have to work on your soul as well. There needs to be time for your soul. So it's not all about doing, doing, doing. It's very much also about being, 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 accepting 
receiving and clearing um, the the weeds from your unconscious. Mm. And of course, this is mystical and it's hard. (laughs) So, um, and we are not going to... We could create a whole episode on this soul piece, and we probably will. But I would like to hear from you. What is your soul practice? What is your positive habit that you do for yourself? Um, What have you put in place to make sure you nurture your soul and um, you give it space? Yeah, that's a great question. And mainly because I don't think I've ever thought about it as my soul before, you know, so I think I'm trying to think about what I do that would touch on that more than in the category of mindset or body. The first thing that comes to mind actually is that I have a coach and I feel like that feels like such a investment in not only the business side, but with the coach that I work with, you know, we work on whatever is coming up and whatever comes to the table. And I think just creating that space whether that is with a coach or whether it's going for a walk or even thinking again a past example of mine from a couple of years ago was going on a yoga retreat and switching off my phone for 10 days you know it's it's what can you do to create the space to just tune in I think you know and listen to what do I really want and yeah what's going on at the moment I think you know we so typically just go through action 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 or like day after day after day which then becomes weeks and months and we never sort of just pause and let ourselves sit in dream mode or you know reflecting on what we've already done and and so for me I feel like that's the closest thing to soul work is any time that I'm creating that space to work on me and work on the elements of me that just feel top of mind in that moment whether that's going for a walk and not taking my phone and just enjoying it and feeling really present and trying to just what I would always say is marinate on anything that's coming up or, you know, taking myself out for like a coffee date or working with my coach or whatever it might feel. It's almost the soul to me is working on what feels most present and actually tuning in and listening to that versus like squashing it down and thinking, no, I've just got to get on with today. I'll deal with that later. I'll think about that later. But really actually creating the space for it to breathe and and sort of just let stuff come up really. And then whatever happens with that you know happens with that whether that's ideas or just thoughts or good feels and yeah following that instinct I think is sort of what I would say the the soul and unconscious is very much about the present moment so it's the it's the knowing that is inside all of us and it's kind of switching off your brain Mm -hmm. and letting it emerge because The current human, especially in the Western world, we just live in our head. So we're very much directed with the brain. So rather than understanding that the brain is, a, is an organ and you can switch it on and off and you can use it, you need to use your brain, obviously. But you don't need to use it all the time because we have a lot of wisdom in the whole body. So the cells carry your soul's wisdom everywhere. And unless you give space for that, mm. then you can never have those deep dreams and ideas emerge. So, uh, you know, anything any of us creates, and whether it's, uh, people always think about creativity as art or something, but it's, it's ideas, it's, 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 it's businesses, it's, it's maybe it's a, I don't know, community project, it's 
it's all creativity and it comes from your soul's calling or it should come from your soul's calling rather than somebody tells you to do something so unless we give that space and time to emerge then we always keep ourselves very frustrated and anxious and unsure and overwhelmed and stressed and panicky all of those really negative uh, emotions and also they turn into chemicals in our body and, and completely zap us from from energy so it becomes a negative cycle mm. so i can share uh my soul habits which are maybe not all of them but the ones that are very easy to put into practice so um one portal to the soul is of course beauty and that's very easy to implement for everybody whether it's just going to an art show or what i do is I pick flowers, put them in a vase once a week. Oh, I go to Sainsbury's, I get some, you know, cheap tulips. It doesn't matter. Oh, I go to the back, I have a huge sage bush. So I just cut some sage and put them in a vase. Just appreciation of life mm. and beauty. That gives you that little soul moment that might just last for five minutes. But it's, it's, it's those little things that I knit into my day and week. Um, it's going to uh, ride a horse. That very much for me is a soul practice. And of course, meditation, uh, walking in the forest, all of those those things. So um, then we have a little, little surf. I mean, of course, doing my work is very much uh, soul work. So I run one group and that every night we kind of clean each other's souls somehow. Um, and yeah, that definitely this is uh, is a soul moment. So whatever it is for you, create habits to make sure you have time for the soul. Because when we women spend, you know, ninety percent of our times making sandwiches and packing lunch and you know running after other people's dreams, there's no time for soul. But we need that. So yes, yeah, that's awesome. Makes me want to go get outside. Get in touch yes. with myself. Yeah. It's a beautiful day today when we are recording this. Thank you very much, uh, Jess. Thank oh, you. Pleasure. And thank you from the behalf of Dream of Woman and the whole online academy. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's create time to build a foundation so that one day we are ready for our ideas and our dreams to emerge and really put them into action. So, ladies, let's honor that foundation on a body, mindset, and soul level. Thank you very much, Jess. Awesome. My pleasure. Thank you.